Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Liverpool Echo Blood Red Liverpool podcast. I'm Neil Jones, standing in for the absent, lazy duo of Andy Kelly and Ian Doyle. Uh, don't worry about that though, because we have got a all-star cast. We've got back on terra firma, <laughs> back from globetrotting the world, back from weeks of dodging work across the planet. We have the full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away and abroad, James Pearce. In person, James, welcome back. Nice to be here. Yeah, absolutely. He's our marketing tool, our shirt seller for this podcast. <laughs> um, our functional midfield duo are also here, Joe Rimmer. Hello, Joe. Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. and Christian Walsh, who will be going box to box for us today. Christian, as always, hello. Yeah. Hello, and we're here to, to look ahead to the weekend, ahead to the new Premier League season, and back on the recent events around Liverpool, which... I've been plentiful, plenty to talk about, I think. But I think we'll start with James. Firstly, now you're back, uh, reflecting on the pre-season so far. You've been Hong Kong, Berlin, Munich, Dublin, um, Egbeth as well, obviously. <laughs> brief, uh, brief, brief, very briefly. Um, what have you made of Liverpool's pre-season and how did you find the uh, the schedule? Uh, yeah, I think, well, I think in terms of on-the-field stuff, there's been loads to admire about it. I think... Um, sometimes you go into a new season worrying they may be a bit undercooked or they've been pushed too hard and done too much travelling. I, I don't. I, I think it's been pretty much spot on in terms of, you know, it was a good balance between, you know, obviously Hong Kong kind of ticked all the boxes in terms of the commercial side of things and shaking hands with sponsors and flogging shirts and then Germany was very much. That was just you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, added a few brands to the collection uh, and then. Uh, Germany was very much all about the football and exactly what Klopp wanted with those eight days he had in uh, Tegensee, about an hour outside of Munich. And you, know, you certainly can't argue with the calibre of the opposition Liverpool have come up against. Um, and there's been, you know, going forward, they, they've 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 looked absolutely top class um, in in a lot of the games. You know, the obviously the highlight was the win over over Bayern. Um, you know, that front three of Salah, Mane and Firmino um, just you know just mouthwatering the prospect of seeing them in action um, defensively a few concerns um, you know it you know it, it doesn't obviously Liverpool haven't strengthened enough in that area yet we know that um, but you know the impact of Salah um, Solanke I think has been a huge plus in terms of the impact um, he's made you know seeing Henderson back fit and, and firing a reminder of how important he is, you know, obviously Mane's fit again as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's been a decent pre-season, just tempered slightly by the frustrations in the transfer market. Obviously, missing out on Keita, the fact that Van Dijk is still rumbling on, and then the unwanted distraction, which is, you know, Coutinho and Barcelona's pursuit. Yeah, we'll we'll move on to those three issues, I'm sure, as as we go along. You managed to get a sit down with with Jürgen over in in Hong Kong on the what what floor was it the hundred and sixteenth floor hundred eighteenth yeah hundred eighteenth yeah. sorry yeah um, head for heights there up there then so what was his mood he, you know he, we saw him um, we saw him on on Sky with the other fo- uh, three managers in that Hong Kong tournament <laughs> and he he seemed very much like he was in um, I don't want to be here and I'm not gonna um, give you exactly what you want he, he seemed like that was a, an unwanted distraction for him almost that sort of, but what was his mood like ahead of the uh, ahead of the season yeah i think it was i mean it, that was a difficult time for him i think to be honest because it was that was his first trip to asia so i think didn't think he really knew quite what to expect in terms of 
you know, the fanatical fan base and all the rest of it. And I think, I think also the conditions didn't help. The yeah, fact that you know we, we all know that he is, you know, he's at his happiest when he's on the training ground working with the players. And the, for the first couple of days, they couldn't really do anything because it was just. You know, absolutely torrential rain. You know, he was sending people out across Hong Kong trying to find some some grass that they could work on, and there, there wasn't. You know, not surprisingly, there wasn't anything which wasn't three foot underwater. But <laughs> so they were. He had them doing laps of an athletics track and and that kind of thing. So that wasn't ideal. But I think, you know, thankfully the the rain abated because at one stage it looked like there wasn't even the games wouldn't even go ahead. And you know, the, the only good thing about over there was the fact that it was so hot and humid even when it was wet once the rain did stop you know everything dried up pretty quickly yeah. and yeah by the time I saw him and had that sit down with him you know he was in in, in decent spirits and I think you know he's, he is very genuine in terms of the potential he sees in the squad you know I know everyone is desperate for more new signings and I fully agree that Liverpool are, you know probably one if not two big signings away from giving you the belief that they could really sustain a title challenge this season but he also does you know he, he means it when he talks about the faith he's got in this group of players and and the room for improvement yeah. and um you know it has been a real you know, the other positives you know in terms of the other young players you think of how well Trent's done in yeah. the summer as well and Ryan Kent you know he, the the impact that that he's made as well so um so yeah he was you, you could tell he was you know, I, th he, I think he even said himself in in the last press conference in Hong Kong that he'd be lying if he said he was really looking forward <laughs> to that trip. And um, it was it was just a funny contrast as well with Brendan Rodgers because yeah. obviously Brendan Rodgers was very good at playing the yeah. PR game. I can and remember him saying he was uh, he, he was he'd always wanted to go to Gommel. Yeah. His, his, his yeah. first trip. Yeah, and I remember like he. I know in, he, he wooed the locals in Jakarta by saying that a piece of his heart would always remain in Indonesia. Um, whilst in contrast, Klopp's final words in the last press conference in Hong Kong were, were that I didn't really want to come here, but it was actually all right. Yes. And that atmosphere was about 50% as good as it is at Anfield, <laughs> which, 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 was, which was honest. Yeah. But, um, but so I think, yeah, I think, I think the whole summer would have been an eye-opener for Klopp just yeah. in terms of the just as well just the sheer size of the club you know everywhere they went you know the, even even the games in germany you know the, even the game at hertha berlin there must have been 15 20,000 uh, liverpool fans packed into that stadium and you know it felt like a home game and 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 you know the same at the allianz for those two audi cup matches you know it was you know the, the, the liverpool fans really turned out in force yeah. for all of those and you know it just whets the appetite ahead of the uh, the big Champions League playoff game coming up. Definitely. Christian, um, James touched on it there, but there is a bit of a trade-off this summer between encouragement by what you're seeing from Liverpool, but then the discouragement by the, the almost the fear of what might come and what might happen if things start to go a little bit wrong, like they did last season. Is it hard to, hard to sort of find the balance between that, between being finding the positives like we've seen, but also not papering over and ignoring the negatives that, that lie under the surface, if you like. I think so, because it was such a contrasting season last season. When Liverpool were good, they were they were yeah. brilliant, they were magnificent. And when they were bad, they were absolutely abject and woeful. And if the, the worry is if Liverpool are, are more yeah. towards the latter this season, then you can certainly kiss goodbye to any idea of title challenge or even top four. You can... You can certainly kiss goodbye to any hopes of progressing very far in the Champions League. I think it's hard as well to to feel one or the other with 
the uncertainty that surrounds the club at the minute in terms of personnel and who's actually still going to come and obviously we're going to move on to Van Dijk at some point they spent most of the summer chasing a player who it really doesn't seem was ever up for sale in Navigator I think that's sort of got people down the dumps a little bit because you, you look at the sort of player he is and you don't even have to have watched Leipzig much to to hear and sort of get the vibe of what a special talent Keita is and I think if you're looking at Keita and Van Dijk coming into that squad as Liverpool wants is that you, you're looking at that side and going this can really challenge yeah. title, this challenge, is a, yeah. title challenge definitely this is a side who can challenge for the title and this is a squad who can fight on forefront yeah. as it is now the Lallana injuries come the Coutinho issues are, uh, um, arisen even though Liverpool maintain that he's not going to be sold it still hangs over a little bit like a cloud um, there's just that little bit of uncertainty about when Watford comes, what team are they going to play, and then will they be enough? Will that be enough for for a game against Hoffenheim in three days' time? And then what do they play against Palace? And, and I think it, it's going to hit Liverpool very quickly this season, within the first week, that the squad isn't strong enough at the yeah. moment, and that's you know, whose fault that is. I'm not too sure. Five games before the end of August, including two that they absolutely have to get right in the Champions League and then obviously Arsenal before before the months out as well coming to Anfield Joe are you what where's your glass is it is it half full is it half empty is it have you even got a glass M- mine's mine's certainly half full um, it's funny isn't it because football now you should base your expectations about what you see on the pitch and during pre-season you've seen the makings of a really really exciting team I suppose we all know Liverpool and we all know that they're only sort of one goal conceded away from having a Bournemouth and having a bit of a meltdown. But saying that, you know, I, I think some of the football they've played is brilliant. Salah is, is, seems to have slotted straight in and looks a player that won't need too much time yeah. to adapt um, with, with his new teammates. Um, but the whole transfer market has, has cast a shadow over over the pre-season. And it, I do think they need more bodies in the squad, but I think in terms of their first 11 and first sort of 15 players... That they can that they can use, I think there's a lots of reasons to be positive, um, so I'm trying to stay positive. I think one or two signings could really pick people up, um, and let's face it, you know, we'll talk about Van Dijk and he's now put in a transfer request. If they can pull off Van Dijk plus one other, yeah. you suddenly switch from being a, a summer which people have yeah. been upset about to one that looks quite positive and one that looks like they're really heading in the right yeah. direction. And all right, they might not get Cater, but they. They 100% probably won't get Cater now, but. 100% probably. probably yeah, 100% won't get Cater. <laughs> I'm still trying to leave myself a little while. <laughs> but, you know, they won't, they won't get Cater. But even if they get someone, let's say, an Oxley Chamberlain, that to me is very, very positive. So, still got that glass half full for now, but I might pour a little bit out if um, <laughs> September, September the 1st comes and yeah. I still haven't done any more business. Yeah, well, it's, it's more uh, it's more full than a lot of people we've been speaking to over the last few weeks. <laughs> James, we'll move to Van Dijk then straight away. Um, hand in a transfer request. I, I think often you get uh, hype around a story and it gets described as explosive, but I think Virgil van Dijk's transfer request yesterday was pretty explosive. It was um, it left nothing, <laughs> it left not, no stone unturned no. in terms of his, his position with Southampton. Does it change anything for Liverpool, in your opinion? Well, it certainly gives them a much better chance than I think they had a few days ago. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a complete kind of cause for celebration in terms yeah. of I think some people We've done that before, haven't we? Yeah, <laughs> saw that as you know, saw that that transfer request was almost like, well, that's it. You know, we've yeah. got him, kind of yeah. thing. I think there's still you know a lot of 
you know hoops to jump through before you know that becomes a, a given. Um, what I think it probably does mean is I, I I just can't see a situation now where he stays there beyond yeah. this window because very few players would go as far as Van Dijk has done. You know most players are. You know, uh, you know, don't want, wouldn't, wouldn't submit a written transfer request, and to to criticise the club so publicly as he has done, uh, and make it clear that he he can't represent them again. You know, I I think they'll have to sell, and and probably in a way, it maybe suits Southampton as well because you know I think they've probably been a, a, in a position where they thought, you know, how can we possibly justify this sale to yeah. our fans and. You know, now I think a lot of Southampton fans surely would probably look at that and go, you know, I don't want him at the club anymore yeah. because if if that's the attitude of him, then you know, why would you want to keep someone around who, who's who's disrespected the club is as what well, the way that Southampton fans would obviously see it. Um, club captain as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you know, only what a year after he signed that six-year contract as well. Um, so, so I, I think the big thing will be whether. Southampton would regard Liverpool's money as being as good as anyone else's um, because there's no doubt that they would prefer to sell him to anyone bar Liverpool for two reasons one because of the fact they've lost so many players to Liverpool in the last few years and secondly because of what went on earlier on in the summer with obviously the tapping up allegations and the apology um, now again I think with that a lot would depend on Van Dijk himself whether you know if he sits tight and says no you know, I wanted Liverpool. I still only want Liverpool. You know, that is the club for me. Then I think Southampton would would have to would have to accept Liverpool's money as being as good as Chelsea's. But the the issue is, if it drags on and on, then do you then find yourself in a position where Van Dijk's thinking actually, maybe Chelsea are offering me 180 grand a week living in London. Yeah. You know, it's the only way I can leave. Yeah. So that's my concern on it. It's worked out well for the Southampton, hasn't it? Because I think. Let's face it, if they were ever going to receive a bid of 60 million, 60, 65, 75 million for Virgil van Dijk, despite what we're all saying about selling clubs this season and, and no one has to sell, there's so much money going around because of the television deals, it would have been very, very hard to turn that down. And they've managed unintentionally because they haven't organised or um, instigated this, but that, that statement basically paints van Dijk as a, as a true villain. Yeah. You know that that that's it in black and white for the Southampton fans there because everything else that's been reported and people say well maybe you'll come back into the fold and players you know people were were uh, referencing the Suarez situation with Liverpool in 2013 and he came back into the fold and he was absolutely fine for a season before moving on. Now it's it's the Southampton are in a position where they can get top dollar for a player who's ultimately very much toxic with the, with the fan yeah. base I feel so. I think that will play into Liverpool's hands as well because I can't see a situation where Southampton, he's not going to play for the club again and I can't see a situation, despite what noises might come out of St Mary's over the next couple of days, I'm sure they'll say we'll let him rot on the bench yeah. and whatnot, but that never ever happens. So I think it you know, it does work in Liverpool's favour. I yeah. think James mentioned Chelsea there. They're, they're the trump card in all this, I feel. I, I don't see why they necessarily want him, but I wouldn't be surprised if... If, I mean, the the champions that are in the Champions League as well is an attractive option. Yeah, Joe, James mentioned it, that Sands would rather sell to anyone but Liverpool. Obviously, we know what happened at the start of the summer, and it was well well played out in in, in pretty publicly. But does it feel, feel a bit odd this sort of perception that Liverpool come and and pillage Southampton because 
Liverpool have spent a lot of money. It's not you know, <laughs> Liverpool haven't Liverpool haven't just sort of turned up and left an imposter in the place and said you know we've we've left Adam Lallana we've took Adam Lallana and we've left you know Kevin Stewart. They've they've paid pretty pretty good prices for everyone they've taken from Southampton. You could argue Mane was a snip, but at the time people were saying thirty five million for Mane. You know they were they were questioning that they've they've given big money for Lovren they've given big money for for Klein for Lallana. It, it doesn't. It, it seems like there's a bit of a narrative around it that Liverpool have been unfair in, in, in some of the, 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 the taking from Southampton. Maybe the manner of the, this one is different, but if they were to pay £70 million for Van Dijk, you could argue that's too much, even, yeah, to, even this summer. I, I don't think they were complaining when Liverpool paid £4 million for uh, Ricky Lambert, no, were they? No, absolutely not. 32-year-old Ricky yeah. Lambert at the time as well. But yeah, I, th- I definitely think, I think that comes from the fans, and I think Southampton fans will feel like Liverpool have pillaged them in, in yeah. recent seasons. And... Um, I just think that Southampton are almost playing a game to their fans and showing their fans, no, no, we don't want to sell to Liverpool. I think eventually, when push comes to shove, if Liverpool are offering them more money than Chelsea are, I think they will. And I think think the manager, Pellegrino, will have a big, big say in this. Because he wasn't there, was he, when when the original... It was Puel. Yeah, it was Puel, yeah. Still Puel, Puel, wasn't it? So you go back to then and you think, surely he'd be saying now, look... All this nonsense matters to me. I want the most money for this defender. Yeah. I want to get him out. I want to get him out quickly so that I can replace him, so that I can spend the money on the squad and I can yeah. get this toxic character out of the club. Yeah. And, and surely, he, if he's got any influence there, he will be saying that. And he and he won't have any problems with Liverpool. Because, well, and also, Southampton talk about don't want to sell to Liverpool. Well, they sold Luke Shaw and Schneiderland to Manchester United. They sold Wanyama, the manager... Um, Wild to Tottenham they've sold Callum Chambers to Arsenal they've sold Ronald Koeman's gone to Everton they won't have anyone left to, to, to deal with you <laughs> if, they, if they carry on down that, that is, is that not Southampton's part in the food chain that the, until they crack the code and get into the, the Champions League somehow or win a, win a trophy or, or become this, this power they have to accept that their, their job is to service players for bigger clubs almost to, to become a, a, a breeding ground yeah, I think I think so. I think um, you know. I, I think I think just the issue is probably is more to do with what went on at the start of June <laughs> than probably the the other thing about Liverpool. Again, it's Liverpool. You know, why is it always Liverpool? Because I think you're right when you look upon it. You know, it's it's not just it's not just Liverpool that have gone. Oh, we'll, we'll have him. We'll have him. You know, they they've they've been a selling club for yeah. you know as for as long as they anyone. Further back, Gareth Bale, Walcott, yeah, Oxford England. There should be a good. Surely, as well, there'd be a good relationship between the two clubs because they've done so much business. You know, they've got the, they've got the, the the backs sorted on their online bank, and surely, you know, everyone <laughs> the, 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 they're close enough. Travelling yeah. to Liverpool now, the, that that would yeah. almost should help Liverpool, shouldn't it? Yeah, but I, I think I think a lot of it is attached to the ill feeling from from the from the way that things were handled back in the start of June, when obviously you know it became public knowledge that Van Dijk had, had picked Liverpool, yet they hadn't. Actually, picked the phone up and yes. and started negotiations with Southampton. So, I, I think that'll that's the that's the biggest hurdle to overcome. Um, and it'll just be it'd be interesting just how serious Chelsea are because there was talk of them, there's been talk of them willing to go up to fifty million, which yeah. you'd have thought wouldn't be I thought anywhere near. Starting point yeah. for, for, yeah. for Van Dijk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, I'd be, I'd be amazed if he went anywhere for less does, than sixty. Does the issue that Conte is seemingly a bit unhappy at Chelsea and yeah. and, and seems to want some sort of statements to be made in terms of transfers. I mean, they, they have bought a few. Rudiger. Rudiger being yeah, a centre-back and Bakayoko and Morata, of course. But it does seem like Conte is 
in need of a little bit of reassurance in terms of signings and that has got Liverpool fans worried that Chelsea might yeah. just say redouble their efforts if you like. I think that's the even even if possibly they don't you know Conte isn't like a hundred percent sold on him. You, you you could see them making a big effort to get him just because he's available and it would be a statement signing yeah. after a summer when Chelsea haven't really impressed anyone that much with yeah. what they've done. And I think you only have to listen to Conte speak to see there's definitely some frustration and underlying tensions there and you know, it does it does seem as if you know, th- th- as it stands at the moment, you know, I wouldn't expect Chelsea to be the force this season that they were last season. So you think, you know, does that mean that, that Abramovich would just go, you know, we'll pay whatever it takes, and then, and then you've got the issue there where Chelsea traditionally have been willing to pay whatever it takes yeah. to get someone, where Liverpool have very much been, you know, we put a value on a player, and then you know, if it gets beyond that, then you know, very rarely do they. Do they go above that? Where, but you know, I, I'd say Liverpool's need for Van Dijk is much, much greater than Chelsea's need for him. And do you believe, in your opinion, Liverpool will accede to any? If Southampton were to say, "Okay, begrudgingly we'll deal with you," but it's you're paying a ten pound, ten million pounds tax. <laughs> well, ten pound tax. <laughs> that, would, that would seem fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> FSG have balked at ten pounds. Uh, <laughs> increases apparently in the past. But if, if Southampton were saying you're paying an idiot tax, yeah, ten million because you've annoyed us. Will you pay it? Will Liverpool pay it? I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. Yeah, yeah I mean that that is what's that of what that is what is a, is fascinating the fact that if Liverpool have to pay a premium, like as you yeah. said, an idiot's tax because of what's gone on, will they pay it, or or will they keep to this? Well, no, we value him at X amount, sixty, sixty-five, or whatever. Yeah. I would certainly hope and and expect that after everything that's gone on. Liverpool would, would accept that if they want to get their man and someone who Klopp clearly is desperate to sign that they are going to have to pay more than someone else would have to pay and I know there was loads of anger at Klopp's comments about the centre-half <laughs> situation after the, the game at the weekend but you know what what else was he going to say <laughs> yeah. he was never ever going to come out on the you know what six days before the start of the Premier League season and say yeah do you know what I'm really worried about our centre-back situation <laughs> yeah. Clavan should never be third choice yeah. in a squad that's about to try and compete on four fronts. You know, he's just he's just not gonna yeah. not gonna come out and, and and say that. You know, he he knows as well as anyone how desperately Liverpool need a top class centre half, and that was why Van Dijk was the priority at the at the start of the summer. You know, they you know that was that was the first one they went for, and that yeah. was because he knows they need they need someone. And the fact they haven't gone for anyone else, yeah, I think shows that one that he still thinks it could happen, and two. The, 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 he doesn't. There's no one else out there that really jumps out at him. From Van Dijk's point of view, do Liverpool do they owe him a little bit that they go hard to try and get him? Because if, if Liverpool were to sort of make him do that and then go, boy, you've you know you've got to be far there, Virgil. You know, like steady on. You know, we don't want an unprofessional player at the club. We're going to withdraw our interest properly, and and he ends up at Chelsea. All right, well paid and our Premier League champions, but we believe we understand pretty strongly that he wants to come to Liverpool and that's presumably part of the motivation why he's done what he's done this summer if Liverpool didn't didn't do everything he can it wouldn't be wouldn't be particularly nice the next time you go to negotiate for Naby Keita say next summer and say come on come to us no exactly you, you hung Virgil van Dijk out to dry yeah and, and people talk agents talk yeah. uh, the clubs talk they'll 
they don't want to get a reputation of, of, of marooning a player yeah, and, and going all out. Yeah, exactly, going all out and then letting them be caught adrift in, in the ocean. So I, I do feel like Liverpool. I don't know if they necessarily owe them. I, I think they'll obviously Liverpool will have their own sort of idea and theory about why the Van Dyke stuff happened the way it happened at the time and you don't know if they're maybe a bit annoyed that the Van Dyke camp for that. Less than 24 hours after the comments James referred to from Klopp as well which hasn't gone unnoticed. No, exactly. So there's obviously a a game being played there and it just feels like it feels like Liverpool do have to go all out for them. I don't think they necessarily the Owen but I feel like Liverpool would look a little bit silly now if they didn't. I I think not just because there's a, a, a lot of fans on Twitter who were, who were saying they absolutely have to bid, but I, I do feel like the wider football world, and you know, perception doesn't matter normally, but I, I do feel like Liverpool have, have tried to be strong arms in this transfer window. They've tried, to, they've tried to show the muscle and it hasn't quite worked out like that. They did that with Salah a little bit, with Roma. Didn't quite work with Keita, but you know, that happens sometimes. But So that's sort of... 1-1 if you will I think they've got to get this one over the line he's certainly got to make a really concerted effort to, to do it yet again I think Matt Letizia was, was tweeting before and saying that you know Liverpool would look foolish if they did, if they did bid because they put a public apology but everyone knows the game everyone knows exactly what, what, what that, that's all about so I think they'd look more foolish if they didn't now and, and I think it would be the real sort of damning Indictments of the the transfer window failures if they don't get them now yeah. this summer. To be honest, more so than Keita. Yeah, Joe, I'll I'll, uh, I'll just give you a simple question: Will Virgil Van Dijk be a Liverpool player September the first? Yeah, I think he will. I think yeah. he will. Yeah, I think my glass it's is just, half full. Isn't yeah, it? that my my glass is, is big time half full. I just think that it's gone so far now, and I think that it's clear that he does want the move and he's willing to, as we've just discussed go as far as doing what he did yesterday to get it um, I've got two major reservations with this by the way <laughs> oh, go on but they are, they are just, he's well, first the glass. of all yeah yeah first of all <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong saying all this before I say all this I still think Liverpool should sign Van Dijk but first of all he signs a six year contract last year and then he's complaining about ambition and about them holding against holding them against his will he didn't have to sign a six year contract I can't stand the way players do that sign a three year contract sign a two year contract Negotiate a release clause. Be honest about your well, ambitions. There's nothing wrong but, with ambitions. But would a player, devil's advocate, a player yeah. wouldn't sign a three-year contract at 25 because they could get injured, so they could they do a cruise ship. They've lost a year, and then they've got two years left on the contract. They might not be the same player. They might struggle for, for they security. Could, if you I like. think a player like him, he was still very highly rated last summer. He was never going to struggle yeah. in terms of his career. And I'm sure last summer he was also ambitious. I'm sure this has been his plan. A long incredibly time. ambitious, to, he said in a statement. Yeah. Incredibly. So it, it does irritate me that players seem to think they can sign a contract and then just say, "Well, you should let me go." A contract—it's an agreement between two parties. He agreed to stay six years to earn a certain wage, and I don't know. I, I makes me uncomfortable because I think what happens, and we discussed this earlier, Chris tonight. What happens if if Barcelona come in in a year's time for him, and he says, "Oh, but Liverpool, I'm ambitious." And yeah. Say, well, you signed a six-year contract with us. He could he could easily do that and it just it's a little bit of a sort of warning sign about his character. And my second reservation is I'm still not convinced that Liverpool will change as a team in terms of defensive um, capabilities if he comes in because I still three years ago Liverpool signed a very 
commanding centre half from Southampton, <laughs> but they did. They signed yeah. they signed a guy that everyone was raving about. Jamie Carragher raved about him on Sky. Lovren was known as this this character that would come in and give Liverpool the leadership that they need in their back line. Dejan Lovren hasn't changed the thing. I'm willing to bet money that by the time next year comes around we still talk about Liverpool conceding goals because of the way they play and they'll always yeah. be an attacking team that concedes goals I think there's something else about Van Dijk just to pour some more water out of this class <laughs> yeah. give me back my glass he hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't played since January so even yeah. if Liverpool do get him let's say it's this rumbles on it, yeah. it's going to be a month so let's say it rumbles on until September I don't think we know what Klopp is an absolute stickler for match fitness etc I don't think we're seeing him in the Liverpool shit until Maybe just after, maybe before or after the international break in October. Do you think uh, the international break comes at the start after, after the transfer window, doesn't it? That, the transfer window shuts during an international break, doesn't it? So that might yeah, help yeah. help situation. Um, I'll just just a one word answer from you two, Christian and James. Same as Joe. Does he come to Liverpool? No. <laughs> no. Christian, Christian says no. Does it have to be one word? What? If it was, if it was one word, I'd say yes. But yeah. it's not a particularly. Yeah. backed up with Confident. any you wouldn't great... be putting your money on it no I wouldn't put money on it just yeah. just because I still worry about that situation where the compromise is okay you can go but not Liverpool yeah I, I'm, I think I'm on the uh, the James Pierce bus on that one I, bet, I hope I'm wrong yes yes I hope you're wrong too you often are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, let's let's hope you're not wrong on this one then so let's from Virgil van Dijk to Philip Coutinho um, in training or at Melbourne should we say today not necessarily in training because of his back issue Doubt for the weekend um, with Watford. <laughs> Conflicting reports all over the all over the shop from from Spain, from elsewhere, from Duncan Castles, from Sky, from any, just about anywhere you wanna wanna think about his future. What's your understanding on the situation as it stands on this Tuesday afternoon, James? <laughs> Do you know I've, I don't think I've ever known just such contrasting reports between you know obviously one side of it in terms of the the Catalan media and then you know the the way that you speak to people at Liverpool and and their take on it you know is a you know it's that like the difference between light and day you know you reports today in Spain suggesting that this delegation from Barca had flown in yeah. to wrap up the deal and it was pretty much done and you know I I did something with B in sports yesterday and their Spanish reporter was saying well Barca were hoping to unveil him today but it's looked like it might drag on till tomorrow now <laughs> and, you, and, and then you're like, well, no, hang on a minute, what, what is going? And then you speak to people at Liverpool again, and they're like, there are no talks. There hasn't been any talks since the first bid was rejected over two weeks ago for 80 million euros because we told them then he's not for sale. Klopp sat Coutinho down in Hong Kong and told him that there's been this bid, but you're going nowhere. Um, and, and Liverpool are adamant that that position hasn't hasn't changed. So. And to be honest, you know, I, I just don't see a situation where Liverpool could can justify selling Coutinho in this window now, regardless of how high that bid goes. And I think maybe, maybe Barcelona's confidence um, in terms of getting the deal done stems from the fact they've obviously got 200 million quid burning a hole in their pocket. And they obviously think, well, that there'll be a price and, and we've got the money there to, yeah. to pay that pay that price, whatever whatever it is. But... I just don't think there is a price. For, I think after everything that Klopp's come out with, to sell Coutinho now would massively undermine him. And you know, I think you know, I think I think Jamie Carragher made a good point on Sky last night when he was talking about, you know, if someone had said offered a hundred million for Coutinho at the very start of the window or something, you'd have probably gone, well, hang on a minute, that's yeah. probably too good to turn down with a hundred million. We could get this and this, um, but I just don't don't see what 
what Liverpool would do with 100 million now. And bank it. <laughs> just, that, I mean, you, you just I just don't think you'd be able to replace adequately replace him. And I, and I also think it would undermine the manager and just be an absolute hammer blow at the start of a season when after all the positivity generated by getting back in the top four to, to lose your best player yeah. as, as Coutinho is would would just be a, a massive setback and an absolute slug in the guts for everything that, that Klopp's done at Liverpool so far. Yeah, Christian, do you see the, the situation being a, a compromise, if you like, a gentleman's agreement a la Luis Suarez that, come on, give us, give us 12 months let uh, let someone else go in and be the Neymar replacement in inverted commas and do what they can and then you go into go into Barcelona next summer when you'll have our blessing and we'll have a bit more time to to get someone to replace you or get plans to replace you. I think so. I, you see the reports that Coutinho wants to move to Barcelona. I, I've got no doubt that. I know Klopp said that he's he, he loves it here, etc. But. You can't. You can like it in two places. Yeah, you, exactly, can, you can like you know. it at home, but want to go on holiday. Yeah, I you? like it here, but I'd, yeah. I'd like you know. I'd like yeah. it if, if it just didn't work at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was only us. That can be arranged. <laughs> um, it's yeah. I I I feel it's probably in in Coutinho's best interest to, to do that. I feel. Look, when when Barcelona come calling and when, when this first when the first bid went in. That initiated the end game. I feel. I think that was the beginning of the end of Phil Coutinho at Liverpool, and I think that is the power that that Barcelona and Real Madrid have um, more than any other two club. Well, more than any club in the world, those two. I don't think any other club could have that power in terms of when they want you, they will get you. I don't see how that changes. What Liverpool must now do is, as you say, prepare. Don't let what happened in 2014 happen again. Yeah. Coutinho is going to have a, if Coutinho stays which as I say we've all said there's no reason to believe he won't he could have an absolutely storming season the way he started this pre-season the way he's ended last season the way he's looking he could he could be absolutely phenomenal this season and he could dare I say do a little bit similar to what Suarez did for for Liverpool in 2013-14 maybe not on the same scale but he can certainly have that same sort of influence you don't then want to get to June 2018 or after the World Cup whenever it'll be Realise you've lost them, and then go. What are we yeah. going to do now? So I think it's in the best interest. So the head, the player's head isn't turned to say, "Look, Philippe, we understand that you do. You know who doesn't want to go to Barcelona?" And then we talk about Southampton's position in the food chain. Sadly, this is Liverpool's position in the food chain. Barcelona, Real Madrid. It's the way it works. You can say you can strive to be different and and, and resist that, but I, I don't know many clubs. Even Man United sold Ronaldo to, to yeah. Real Madrid. It happens. Just say. Next season, if the interest is still there, we'll let you go. Give us one more season. We'll assess the situation. Come next summer, and plan. You know, yeah. plan for Naby Keita to, to replace him. Because what? Bear in mind, if you lose, if you lose Phil Coutinho, now you're losing two players. You're losing someone who's a number eight who can play in that midfield role, and you're also losing someone who can play in that wide left position. So, with the hundred million, hundred twenty million, whatever it'll take to, to prize him away, where do they find them? Two players of that quality right now yeah. for that money to that replace them. Get that they can well. get. We, we've seen already this summer with the Abbey Case and stuff. So give it, give it a year. Let let Liverpool start planning and, and identifying players who can fit in. Let Coutinho sort of get his head round it. And you know who knows in a year's time Liverpool could be you know, Premier League champions or Champions yeah. League winners. <laughs> you nearly laughed there. <laughs> 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 and um, 
and he might want to stay another season. Yeah. You, you just don't know. But but I feel that by all you know, don't do what Samson are doing or, or you know allegedly are doing and selling Van Dijk that he can rot on the bench. Yeah. And, that sort of thing. Just, just be open and honest with him. Yeah. That's the only way it's going to work. Joe, no evidence that Liverpool are doing that. He's played whenever he's been available to play in pre-season, and he's looked pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of, yeah, he hasn't been there. He hasn't been walking around with his hands in his pockets, has he? Yeah, I don't, Apart I don't from that one picture. Yeah, that he was one coming picture, off the plane. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I don't think he's the type, to be honest. I just don't think. You know, Suarez had a bit of needle about him, didn't he? You know, he would, he would do things. Just a bit. Yeah, <laughs> just a bit. Just bit someone yeah. to, you know. But, Coutinho just doesn't strike me. He seems like quite a quiet, sort of down to earth fella, um, a family man by all accounts, and, and just seems to be quite happy and, and humble. And I just don't see him kicking up a fuss like Suarez did and trying to force his way out of the club. Uh, saying that, I do think, as you just said, there'd be some sort of gentleman's agreement because you can't blame him for having that ambition. He yeah. wants to go and play for Barcelona. Um, I, I don't blame him one bit, but as long as he, you know, he, he sort of settles and. and, and Realizes that he can't force his way out of the club at this point in the window because Liverpool can't replace him, and I do think he's the difference between a title challenge and yeah. scrambling around in fifth place. I yeah. think if they lose him, it'll it really really impact on the season. James, when when he signed that contract in January, was it? January, yeah. So, you know, um, a lot was made. Liverpool were very keen to, to make sure the line was out that there was no release clause in it. And you look, you look at now the summer and clubs like Manchester. Um, Manchester Monaco with Mbappe are so far standing firm. You've got Arsenal with with two players who massive players for them, but they've got a year left on the contract in Ozil and Sanchez, and they're still not looking to cash in. Liverpool themselves got Emre Chan, who they could maybe get decent money for considering his contract. They're not willing to, to consider that. Is is the way this summer's gone? Christian wrote a piece about it yesterday. Is the way the summer's gone in terms of? Player uh, clubs not necessarily knowing money is everything. Is that helping Liverpool's cause in terms of in terms of keeping all the Coutinho? Because, like like you say, in the past a bid of a world record bid would, yeah, yeah. would mean you obviously he's going to go. I think so, yeah, and I think I think probably also you know the, it's so awash with the TV money now as well yeah. that maybe you know it's where before you know, the, those fees would just be absolutely yeah yeah, so. and it's you know that's not quite. The case, I think, it's interesting with the release clause as well because you think if there had been a release clause, when you, the way that fees have just suddenly gone through the roof, yeah. you know, you about sixty million. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, and you know, at the time, people were going, oh, you know, that God, that would be pretty good wouldn't it, to get that for it to him, and then <laughs> now it'd be like, we're like, oh my God, what have we done? Um, but um, no, I, I just, I, I think what we don't know is how, you know, the, you, you just, my only worry with Coutinho is, you know, if he's got Barcelona in his ear saying. Saying you know this is your one and only chance kind of thing you know you, you know I I don't think it will be I think they're back you know I think he'll end up staying and have a, and having an outstanding season for Liverpool and they'll definitely come back in next summer when it's highly likely Liverpool would be much more willing to to listen to offers because they would be able to plan for his exit but um, that would be my concern that you just think you know if he's got Kier Kier Drabchin in his ear yeah. as well and. You know, I, I, as Joe said, I don't think I don't think he is the type to kick up a fuss, and there's certainly no sign so far of him kicking up a fuss. I know, you know I watched him train over in Hong Kong most days, and his part of his training protest was his part of his training protest that one reporter has yeah. claimed that he's he's taking part in. No, that's, I mean that's just ludicrous, and you know, I know the other from the other players that have stopped and spoken during pre-season, they've all commented on just you know how committed he's been, and it's just been the same old Philip Coutinho and. 
you know, it's you know, there's there's been no change, and I think you only have to look at the way he's performed in those games. You know, he was he was unbelievable in the games in Hong Kong, um, you know, and again, you know, I thought against against Bayern, and you know, the ball through for for Salah against Berlin, Hertha yeah. Berlin, and you know that that understanding he struck up there already. Though they they're not the the actions of a man who's who's desperately trying to force his his exit. You know, he is a very different personality to to Suarez. Um, you know, he obviously he's kept his counsel throughout this all of this, hasn't he? You know, he hasn't he hasn't spoken. Um, you know, I think it goes without saying that if a fee was agreed between the clubs, he'd, he'd jump at that chance. You know, very close friends with Suarez. Um, but you know, the, the, that's the only thing you think. You know, if, if he if he's got that pressure on him to to force the issue, will he? You know, I I don't think he will because I think he's very respectful of everything that Liverpool have done for him. Um, and I think he'll be also, you know, at, you know, on, on the back of his mind, think, well, you know, it is only what, seven, eight months since I signed that contract. Um, but you just, you just hope that that doesn't, because you know, what would happen, you know, hypothetically, if he then put out a similar statement to what Van Dijk has, has put out, then where does that leave Liverpool? Yeah. Because you know, suddenly then you've got a, you know, a, a disillusioned, massively star. expensive star asset. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll find ourselves in that situation, but you know that's the only way I think that um, that Liverpool's stance would would even think about altering. Yeah, I'll finish then this segment with the uh, the yes or no question, Joe Coutinho. That wasn't very good. The yes or no question. Liverpool player September the first. Coutinho. Yes. Yes. Christian. Yes. James. Yes. Okay, just me then. Just me who's got the doubt. I think he, I think he might go. Um, sorry about that. Um, final one, just a very very brief end. How much are we all looking forward to football instead of transfers? Um, Watford coming up on Saturday. Joe, looking forward to the new season. Do you still have that uh, little bounce in your step when it's uh, it's the first weekend of the season? Definitely. It's the first. Well, starts on Friday, doesn't it? No. Friday night. I even football. invited James round to my house. Didn't invite you too, and you tried to invite yourselves, didn't you? Is that what that was? Yeah, Disappointing. Yeah. Just invited James round. Disappointing. Yeah. Busy anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do me here. I'll go yeah. round to Christians. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I'm massively made up. It, it seems to... It's funny, isn't it? You, you get to like May. You get to the end of May, and you think, oh, I'm, I'm happy for the break. And then you get to the you get to the, the start of August and think roll on the new season. Yeah. So yeah, no, really, really, um, really looking forward to it. I'm quite positive, as you can tell. Yeah. Probably. I have to do another month. Another month. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, just just a bit burnt out by the, just, uh, the just, summer. I think summer. it's the transfer window. I, yeah. I think I think come September. Do you know what I, I really don't like is is the international break in September. I feel oh, like it's the worst thing in the world. It's, isn't it? You just get going and then it it, it just. And stops yeah. dead, and then inevitably a Liverpool player's legs falls off. So it's just, I, I think come come Saturday afternoon, I will be looking forward to it. Uh, I, don't, I don't even. You're not so interested in Arsenal. I, I was just going to say so much so that I don't. I think I might be on a train actually. Um, I certainly will be now. Uh, <laughs> I'm not watching that. It, it, but once it once it starts, um, yeah, it'll 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 be good to have it back. And uh, it, it's some start really. Watford's a difficult team but then Hoffenheim it's, it's, it's a pretty helpful ever start for Liverpool and there's going to be no no respite really yeah. James you're looking forward to doing a bit of travelling you haven't done, haven't done <laughs> since, since May uh, Watford will be no issues after all the miles <laughs> <laughs> you can walk that yeah uh, no I, I am I'm really looking forward to it yeah I think you know, it's uh, as we said earlier on despite all the kind of frustration and anger around transfers and all the rest of it and the, the sagas that have dragged on on the field, I think Liverpool 
you know, have, have, have looked really good. And, you know, I think, I think we'll see a very different Liverpool on Saturday at Vicarage Road to the one we saw down there towards the back end of last season when Klopp was very much in kind of pragmatic, let's just get results and get over the line when, you know, Liverpool couldn't be that, that force they were going forward earlier on in the season. And, you know, with, with Mane back fit and, and Salah, um, you know, I think... Uh, I think Vicarage Road will see a, a very very different Liverpool. Just really quickly, that's a really good point, Dan, in terms of the team that played at Watford last season. I think a lot of the people who were feeling a little bit negative about the season have sort of got that idea of the team that finished the season imprinted in their mm. minds. I, I don't think you should disregard or forget the team, certainly before the before the turn of the year and, and how good they were. And There's no reason why they can't do that again. Yeah, well, remember them going to Arsenal last season with similar similar doubts about yeah. uh, about transfers and about what they were going to do and so put on a bit of a show. Back and Jürgen Klopp. Indeed. Yeah. Let's indeed. hope for similar scenes on Saturday. Let's hope so. Okay. Well, we'll be back late in the week to, to fully preview that Watford game, including team news and, and uh, thoughts from Jürgen Klopp's press conference. So join us for that. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed it and uh, looking forward to the season like Joe and Christian and James and myself are.